Woman is a podcast about, you guessed it, women in LA cultivating successful lives for themselves in the grind of traffic and under the palm trees. LA is, without question, one of the world's major cultural hubs and trendsetters, and every woman here has a story to tell. Whether in work, relationships, family, friends, personal growth, finding people who get you, the list goes on. And unless you're living under a rock, it's hard to ignore that this is a really exciting time for women and their perspectives. So let's put some stories out there of women we know in LA who are building big things, and maybe you'll take away some advice, or at the very least, a good story. I'm your host, Julie Roth. I've lived in LA for eight years. It's been a crazy ride to get to where I am today, and I'm currently living in beautiful Venice Beach. Today's guest is Lori Zucker Briller, co-founder of The Grapevine Agency. After growing up in New York City and completing her undergrad at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Lori moved to Los Angeles and began a career in entertainment working in development with some of Hollywood's biggest names and building both her experience and a strong network. When she made the switch to recruiting, she knew she had found her calling. And since 2005, she and her co-founder Rachel have been placing executive assistants, chefs, housekeepers, and more for companies and families all over LA. We talked about her biggest challenges, having strong female bosses, proper thank you note etiquette, and how one meeting changed the course of her life. If you've ever wanted to peek inside the mind of a recruiter and small business owner, you're going to love this one. Here's Lori. And I went to interview and I got hired on the spot and I went to work for this executive. Her name was Corinne and I worked for her for three years and she was the partner to Alec Baldwin. I mean, it was a small office. There were only four of us, Alec and his partner, Alec's assistant, and I was Corinne's assistant. Oh, okay. But I was super involved in Alec's stuff. And again, they had me read all the scripts that would come in, and I would get to be a part of things with writers. And I, and look, the other thing I'll say, too, is I've had really strong female bosses. Really strong. Like... I had to, you know, I had to show up and put up every day. And that was a great experience because I learned and still did, obviously, all the menial tasks and all the grunty kind of stuff that goes with it. But over the course of time, I really proved myself. And they ended up producing a very small independent picture. And Alec um, made me and his assistant associate producers, which was super kind and lovely. And really integrated us in the process. So we, I knew everything from the development component and how you keep evolving on a script and how many you know times it can take to get to the right script. And obviously even during shooting, you can still be writing. But I also saw what it meant to make an independent film back in the 90s, which was understanding what the foreign markets were going to be and the actors that were going to be in the movie and what they meant to the foreign markets. Um, I went to the AFM, the American film market. I mean, I really got in deep and really saw a lot of interesting components to the film business that I had no idea about until I was in that position. Okay, so you're with Alec Baldwin's company then. And let me say, I love him. (laughs) I love him. I love this man. He is so smart. 
He is so dynamic. He is such an incredible force of a human being. And I know at that time when I worked for him, there were all these craziness going on. But um, he he's just, I, I, I would just want people to know how incredible of a person he is. I listen to his podcast regularly. Do you? It's really good. His voice. <laughs> First off, his voice is insane. <laughs> um, I think, though, the Alec company was amazing, but I it got a little small, right? Like, I've been there for three years. And somehow, maybe through agent friends at the time, I was told that Will Smith's company, Overbrook Entertainment, which had just started, was looking for a development executive. And um, through good fortune and tenacity and access and work, um, I had an opportunity to send coverage, my resume, um, and, and, and meet with everyone. So I landed that job, and I remember going to tell Alec that I was leaving. And he's like, really? You're leaving me for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> and I was like, I am. Again, the good fortune of working with someone supremely smart, like so smart and so talented. Um, but really insightful, well-read, um, just really believed in the idea of being well-educated on all different subject matters. The company was exciting. The people that they were attracting were really interesting. The only thing for me is that during that period, again, I was there for three years, I think I just got to a place where I was like, I'm not sure this is for me. I don't know that I'm the person who's going to be my best self in the development process. Mm. It can be very long sometimes, and I think I need personally more immediacy to the kind of work that I'm working on. Like, like I want, wins. I just want to see. Like, I can understand now, like, maybe had I done it all over again, maybe I'd go into TV because there's a more immediacy. There's a cycle to it. Like, I was definitely going through, like, I was approaching, I think, being 30, and I definitely was kind of soul-searching. And ironically, a girlfriend called me and she said, hey, there's a person who runs a company where they place like personal assistance and assistance and domestic help. And she's thinking about expanding, you know, her business. And I just really think that this could be such an interesting idea for you. And I was like, okay. I mean, I really had like no insight to what this meant, but I literally went to meet with her on a Tuesday night. And it was simultaneous to some changes going on at Will's company, and I started to see the writing on the wall that maybe they were going to bring in some new blood, and maybe I wouldn't be there forever. So it's interesting that the timing and how it all works, sometimes the universe like lets things happen the way they're supposed to, but it's always so weird how the timing of it works. Mm-hmm. And um, I literally met with her on a Tuesday. I think I got let go, or they decided they were going to re- format things on a Wednesday and started working with her on a Thursday. You and moved so fast. It was so fast. And, you know, I left on great terms with the people from Overbrook. I still work with them. They're fantastic people. And I had no, I held no grudge because I was like, okay, I get it. Like, this is good. They needed to fix some things. I feel like maybe it wasn't the best place for me long term. And again, I'm so grateful to the person who gave me the opportunity to to see this new world, this recruitment staffing world. And it wouldn't have happened in any other way. 
I don't think I would have sought it out. I don't even know that I would have known about it had my girlfriend not told me about it. And I went in and it was super exciting to roll up my sleeves and to think in a different way, right? So now you have sort of your entrepreneur skills on, like how am I gonna help to grow this business? And the, the intention of this employer was to bring in more administrative and personal assistant um, opportunities and to find the people to fill those jobs. I was always trying to find the way to, to get out the information as quickly as possible yeah. to as many people as possible. Um, and I, what I took away from that experience was how much I enjoyed talking to people. When you made a match that worked for the employee as much as the employer, it was such a gratifying experience. And I loved how it sort of opened up how many different types of people I was talking to. like. All of their backgrounds were coming from different places, right? But I will admit that I was still young and I thought I knew everything. I felt conflicted. And I went to, through friends, I went to meet with somebody who was an executive recruiter in the entertainment business. This is early 2000s. It's during the dot-com boom. And there were more boutique entertainment recruitment companies because they were in such dire need of people because so many people from entertainment were running to the dot-com world. Okay. So there was really truly like an abandonment of so many jobs and they needed to fill them and they needed to fill them fast. And this was prior to what subsequently happened where the studios all started to, they always had internal recruitment processes, right? And HR departments and recruiters. But it was less built up as it is now. So I went to go talk to her and I was like, I don't know what to do with my life right now. Like I just left, you know, entertainment to come do this recruiting stuff and I'm enjoying the recruitment stuff, but I, I, I'm not sure it's the exact right place for myself. And she was like, you're going to come work for me. I was like, I am. Okay. And I mean, really, I did a tremendous pivot at, at approaching 31 years old. And it was two steps backwards for sure. But ultimately, in my opinion, I went six steps forward over mm -hmm. the course in time. And she had a very successful recruiting company where um, her husband, her ex-husband or somebody she was separating with at the time was a huge agent, an entertainment agent. Um, she had tons of access. She was, again, a dynamic, fierce woman who was super educated, super nice, but had raised a daughter on her own for many years. So she knew how to pull herself up from the bootstraps and make it happen. Back in that time, you were dialing for dollars. I mean, there was just the, the internet was certainly there and there was a lot of information online, but there was a lot of like true, like pick up a phone book and just start dialing for names, like these big books. 
And I tell her, I'm still super close with her. I'm having lunch with her in two weeks. I'm like, but you threw me in there to the fire. You were just like, here's a book and here's a job. Fill it. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, I, I was treading water for a while. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was good. I made a lot of connections. I had to learn how to be really thoughtful and detailed in what I was asking people and the information that I was trying to extrapolate from their resumes and how their experience could truly be a match for whatever job I was recruiting for. Yeah. Um, and ironically, too, at that time, though, because of my experience at this previous company, I had all kinds of com- people calling me and being like, hey, we're looking for an assistant. Can you help me? Can you help me? So... I started to sort of do that on the side when, while I was working for this woman, Pamela. And she finally was like, you know, you get a lot of calls. Like, why don't you build an assistant department of, of this company? And I was like, okay. Um, and I spent a ton of time building it, coming up with a brand, sending letters out, marketing letters. I was, I'm really good at research. I'll just keep researching, 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 finding more names and more names and more names. And that's something I'm really good at. And I built up a like nice marketing, you know, pool and we sent out letters. And I mean, that's back before emails and all this stuff to the same level that you can do it now. And, um, yeah, I built this whole big business with her and I got a phone call from this girl and I was talking to her because she was looking for a job and, you know, we were just chit-chatting and she said to me, hey, by the way, do you know that Rachel and Caroline, um, who had taken over for you at the first company that I had left right after Will Smith's, are going to start their own company called The Grapevine Agency? I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, I want to do that. And I, again... Somehow someone gave me her phone number. I left them a message and I encouraged them to meet with me. And after an hour and a half talking to them and explaining to them all the reasons why I thought I would be advantageous for them, we literally got up from that coffee and had a three-way partnership. And we started the grapevine. Yeah. And that was going to be 14 years ago this June. Oh, my gosh. So in a month. So when you, like, started to get together and, and have those conversations, what did you think was going to make the grapevine distinctive? You know, what I'll be honest in saying is I probably didn't overthink it too much. Um, I will say 100%, which sounds a little hokey, like my intuition in my own body was supremely grounding of it's a now or never moment. And I can't say that my husband was in the most solidified situation and I think when I came home I mean I didn't even talk to him I was like guess what I'm I'm doing this and he was like really because um I'm making some shifts at my work and we had a six-month-old kid and it was like it was just a lot and I looked at Jeff and as I mean with the most certain voice in my mind I was like listen we're going to have a moment and it's not going to be easy, but I have to do this. Like, I know I have to do this. And when I say distinctive, I guess what what I knew would be helpful and refreshing was what had made me successful before, 
was simply that I had a great network. I knew a lot of people in the world that I wanted to try to work with. I just felt that having been an assistant myself and then also having worked with these people, I felt certain that I understood what people were looking for. Just for a little bit of background, okay, so yeah. the Grapevine Agency places what kind of roles? So we place, um, so personal assistance, executive assistance, again, administrative, executive, you could place somebody who's making $200,000 a year, or you could place somebody who's making, you know, $40,000, $25,000 a year. Um, and with that's always obviously a scope of experience. We also place house managers and estate managers. We place, you know, errand runners, we place nannies, we place housekeepers, we place chefs, we place security drivers, pretty much anybody that's going to come in and make your life more seamless. Yeah. You know, we want to make the, the, the whole point of people hiring and help is their lives have become bigger, more complicated. And, you know, some of the most successful people in the world, whether it's, you know, in their home, a successful mom who doesn't work, but still, you know, really runs a great home or somebody as big, you know, as, a, as an Oprah, you're, you, you know, a lot of times you're as good as the people behind you. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? So that's the beauty of a partnership. And I think that we all honor the fact that I'm terrible at certain things and better at other things. Where Rachel really excels at some fabulous things and then she might be like, yep, this is your wheelhouse, not mine. And I think we as partners have always honored that about each other and have never really fought because we just would be like, hey, you're better at this, can you do this? Or you're better at that, can you do that? Um, we would talk things out. You know, we never really fought. If there was, if we did see eye to eye, we'd be like, ah, sure, I see it that way. And that has helped. Um, so I think that just having that unified front has helped. Um, but I would say from like 2010 forward, we've had some great success and I would say, in the last four to five years, really there was a pivot of like, okay, we're a game changer. I think people know our name. You forget when you're little, you're literally working in your small little office that there's a whole community of people talking about you, the good and bad. Obviously, there's plenty of people who, you know, might not like us, um, which has been, that's been the hugest challenge for me. What's that? Just having your detractors, having the people who are the haters or feel that you weren't nice to them or you weren't successful for them or you, um, you know, you were too strong. I mean, you know, that's where I have to own my own faults that sometimes being a New Yorker and being super fast and not having a ton of time um, and not necessarily always being the most flowery person. Like, I think that sometimes, you know, people will be like, she's mean or, you know, she couldn't help me or, you know, she ripped apart my resume. And, and that used to hit me to the core. I mean, I would get so messed up. And it still messes me up. I'm human. Like, of course, it hurts. I don't want anybody to hate me. I think what I always try to say to people now is, okay, I'm a New Yorker. I say everything really, like, <laughs> really, like, out there. And please know it's never intended to, to land in a not nice way. 
I just want to give you the best tips or the best ideas to help you to become successful. And sometimes I think maybe it just didn't always land well. And that's something I've had to really work on. I mean, the being liked thing or whatever that is, I'm I'm really still working through that for sure. I don't know if it's because I'm in my 30s now that I'm kind of like, fuck it. But in my 20s, oh my God, did I care. Yeah. I care too much. Well, I think that's, you know, that's evolution in age, right? We see it all the time with men and women. You read, you know, I just was reading something yesterday that Glenn Close wrote. And she said something about that she wears her hair more gray or, you know, with, you know, the silver coming in. And it said something like, you know, I'm owning every inch of who I am and I'm so much more comfortable in my skin now. And I remember in my 20s always reading something about a woman in their 40s or 50s or whatever where they're just much more free and comfortable in their skin. And I just think that comes with age, right? I think we're all secure enough to know that... We're doing the best we can, you know, we're being the best that we can, and you just forgive yourself a little bit more. It's not just dollars and cents for me. I want people to, I mean, of course, this is a business. I, I need to make a living. But <clears throat> I really try to come from the space and place always of, you know, for the client, am I going to find you the right person that's going to, like, let you focus on you and what you need? And you're not going to have to second guess everything. And then for the candidate, I'll always say to them, Okay, well, if you take this, where, where do we think this can lead you? Like, what's the trajectory, right? And if it's just to find a long-term job with somebody really great, that's great. You know, being a long-term assistant is awesome. We need that. If it's somebody who might want to ultimately grow a little bit, I want to be worthwhile in the decisions that we're making for this person, no matter what age they are, so they, just, they know that we're sending them down the right path. Mm-hmm. And I think that might also differentiate us. I can be talking to major CEOs and major heads of studios to stars of primetime television shows to moms of just normal families trying to raise their kids who need some help. It really runs the gamut. And you have to have compassion for all of their situations and all the different needs that they have. And then you also have to think about all the different types of people that get placed in those variances of roles, right? Oh, yeah. So you have to understand how to talk to all of those people, too. And you have to have compassion. And that's something sometimes I feel people forget, like how much time and energy it takes to talk to people. And I become like a guidance counselor, a therapist. Like, I'm everything. And... I'm always trying, even sometimes when people come in here and sometimes they cry and you're like, okay, let it, and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, girl, boy, whoever you are, let it out, cry in here. That's okay, let's get it out here because I want you to be armed with your best self when you go back out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I really try to find people, I try to help people be centered even when they're going through a hard time. 
I'd like to think that there will always be a space and place for agencies like mine because there is, especially for mine, where we really, over the last six to seven, eight years, made it be just the two of us. And we're meeting every person, we're running every reference check, we're talking to every person. We did that on purpose because we felt that people like getting to know the person who's helping them make that match. And not to say that companies who have account executives or you know assistants or whomever help them, I'm not diminishing that in any way, shape or form. But for me and what felt the most comfortable for me was just knowing that either Rachel, my partner, or myself knew everybody. Let me ask you, digital thank you note or take the time to do paper? Because digital is, I know. So here we are in this day and age where I would say for a good five years, like five years ago, I would have that to be. And I have to say there are some lovely people who still, when they come to meet me, write me a really nice thank you note that I get in the mail. Um, I would say at this point, unfortunately, due to the immediacy and how fast some decisions can get made, I, I, I think if nothing else, sending an email is better than no mail or no thank you. Does that make sense? But I hate to say it, the mail system is a little wonky and sometimes things come in two days and sometimes people come in 16 days. And so that's where I would say we might be in this space where I think we might all be comfortable with writing an email thank you note. Um, and I really do believe that that's important. Thank you for that. I have been wondering that. Listen, all I want to say to the people out there is just go after your dreams. Like, just go after it. Work hard, show up, do what you got to do, and don't let anyone stand in your way. I love it. Thank you so much for being here on the show here thank i'm in you. your office thank you for having me in your office thank you you're, um, you're so pleasurable to talk to and you have the best calming energy i think maybe you have to come and hang out with me more <laughs> i would love that from venice to sherman oaks no problem yeah no problem um, <laughs> get a helicopter yeah exactly I hope you're inspired by Lori's story. You can learn more about The Grapevine Agency at thegrapevineagency.com and keep up with the latest at Grapevine Agency on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to LA Woman. Please do us a solid and subscribe and rate on iTunes. And we're also now on Spotify and Google. Play. Google Play. We're also at LAWomanPodcast.com and at LAWomanPodcast on Instagram. Let's keep inspiring each other as LA women and as women everywhere. One more thing. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Julie Roth. A special thanks goes out to sound designer Christian Link. Our music was composed by Jazar. See ya.